Thanks for tuning in to Horizon Community Church's podcast. Our hope and prayer is that wherever you are, you would be encouraged by this message and be equipped to face any challenges that come your way. More information about Horizon can be found at www.horizonweb.org. I'm glad I'm from Africa. We don't have technology, so we just, we just roll. Well, uh, truly a blessing to be here. I'm really grateful and thankful for your pastor. I've traveled with hundreds and hundreds of pastors that get to travel with me all over the world. But I've never met one that would invite you in their home and cook you the best meal you could ever find. As a single dad, I don't really get, you know, opportunity to someone to cook for me, you know. I'm always the one cooking. But when someone lets you sit down and enjoy the meal, it's the greatest thing you can be grateful for. So truly, blessing to know your pastor and to be invited to your church. As you can tell, I, you know, English is not my uh, first language. I speak several languages, so tonight I might say something wrong. Uh, so here's what you can do for me. You can throw your iPhone 13, not 12, just 13. <laughs> I promise my teenagers will put them to use. So uh, do that for me. So I'm originally from Uganda, but my dad is from Rwanda and my mom is from Uganda, but born and raised uh, in Uganda. I live in South North Carolina and I work for, for World Vision. I get to advocate for children uh, all over the world, uh, here in the United States uh, and other places. U.S. has been my home. This is my community. This is my, my place. This is where I went to school. This is where I work. And actually, I just became a U.S. citizen two years ago. So finally, I can vote, right? It's the only thing I could not do, you know. Uh, and as you know, I work for World Vision. You know, they work in more than 100 countries. And they've been here for 70 years. So they've really created impact all over the world. And it's been my joy to work for them, uh, both in Uganda, that they've really changed the world and changed the lives of kids and communities. And it's truly, truly been a joy. This week, you went through uh, Matthew, uh, Matthew 25 Challenge. You know, it's a cool thing that you get to really think about or remember of those who don't have, right? That we get to live one day at a time to experience what they went through. But today, I'm here to remind you that what you did on Monday, on Monday, you skipped lunch and you had beans and rice. The kids I'm about to share with you today, in Bolivia, some went to bed without a meal. Not once, but sometimes for a long, long time. On Tuesday, you drank water. To most kids in Bolivia, and me as a kid, we had to walk for miles and miles to get just clean water. That we didn't have to be kids, because we needed water that you had on Tuesday. On Wednesday, you slept on the floor. Most kids in Bolivia and in Uganda, and me as a kid, never had a mattress until when I was 17 years old. On Thursday, you wore the same clothes that you wore the previous day. To most kids in Bolivia, don't have one pair of clothes for Sunday. On Friday, you reached out to someone going through a difficult time. 
to them today, you are their heroes. You're about to think about the most difficult time they go through as kids. And on Saturday, you prayed. And that's what I love about your church, that today you're highlighting the needs of the most vulnerable children all over the world. Well, that's what happened for me. When I came to the United States, I struggled with two things. I grew up in a place where most people or most kids would die before they they could make it to two because they liked a bowl of cereal or a bowl of beans. And when I came here, I saw how much food there was. And I wondered, God, do you love us the same way? Do you? And then the next option I got to see was that you guys have big houses. And I come from a home where as big as your garage, that we lived about seven of us in the size of your garage. And I saw how many empty bedrooms when I visited friends. I come from a very communal world where we depend on one another. When you don't have salt, you go to your neighbor. When you can't find fire, you go to your neighbor. And I struggled. But also I knew I had been given so much. So for me, Luke 12, 48, really changed my way on how I looked at things. I knew the Lord had given me so much and I wanted to do something as well. That I lived in the US, I had the same as most people have. And so for me, Luke 12, 48, to whom much is given, much is required, that I wanted to do something. Everyone to whom much has been given of him, much will be required. And from him to whom they've entrusted, much will be demanded, the more. He is a kid from Africa, living in a place that has so much that I wanted to make sure that what I did was accountable for. Here's what I did. I went to the foster care system and I said, hey, I would like to be a mentor to teenagers because I knew as a single man, they would not allow me to be a foster dad. So I said, at least I can mentor. And as I walked in the foster care, they said, have you ever thought of being a foster dad? I was like, wait a minute, I don't qualify. I'm just a single guy. And the lady said, no, you can be a foster dad. That day, I signed up to be a foster dad. And since then, I've had 20 kids. But, but today, I would like to share with you about my four kids that I have that I love so much. Uh, I had kids and I thought, what can we also add dogs, you know? So we have two dogs as well. <laughs> but today I want to share with you about the journey of my kids. Uh, the next picture. This little one, he's five. He's a kid. Every time I, took, I take him to bed, this is what he says. He says, Dad, I love you so, so much. The next one is the sister. Look, I have no hair, but I get to do hair day every day. <laughs> I have, I mean, my nails are painted sometimes three times a day. I thought I was the boss of the house. I lost that title a long time ago <laughs> for this little girl. And the way she makes me is every time I pick her from school, she says, Dad, I'm happy to see you. Next. Can we go to the next one? 
This one. So 12 months ago, during COVID, I got a phone call from a social worker saying, hey, could you take in a 17-year-old? All he needs is just 12 months, and then he'll age out, and then he'll be on his way. And I said, absolutely, I'll take him in. So he came and lived with us. Four months later, sorry, three weeks later, he said, Dad, I want to talk to you. He doesn't call me Dad, but he said, Dad, I want to talk to you. And it's serious. So when false kids say, I have something to talk to you, and it's serious, you always say, gosh, what did he do this time? What did he do? And I sat closely, and I said, son, what would you like to say? And this is what he said. He said, I've been in 12 homes. And no one ever wanted me. But I've been here for four weeks, and I was wondering if you could adapt me. 12 homes that he's been in. And I said, sure. So he just turned 18, he's with us. The next child, this one is special. So I had had 11 kids, and I had two little ones that had gone back to their family. As a false parent, there's one thing they never train you, how to say goodbye. And so they had gone, so I told the social worker, I said, I need three months to heal from this. I cannot do it anymore. On Monday, they had left. On Friday, I get a phone call. <laughs> These social workers, I said three months, not four days. She said, there's a little boy, he's 11, he's at the hospital. Please, could you take him in for only the weekend? I said, no. He said, only the weekend. So I took him in. I said, yes, on one condition, that on Monday, if you don't pick him up, he'll be on the porch waiting for you. So he came in at 3 in the morning. And as soon as the social worker left, this is 20 minutes in my house, I said, my name is African, so it's too long, but you can call me Mr. Peter. And looks at me, he said, but can I call you my dad? This is what I said, Pastor. I said, hell no. <laughs> I just didn't know how to respond to this. Look, you've had kids come and go, you know? This one has been in for 20 minutes, and he says, can I call you my dad? I said, no. And then he looks at me again. He said, look, I was told, since I'm now 11, I can choose who my father should be. So I choose you. And I said, no. <laughs> so finally, they came to pick him up on Monday. And now I had the guts to ask, why was he in the system? Why was he left at the hospital? And the reason why I didn't ask before, because I did not want to be attached. I didn't want to know more, because I knew that would be a hard one to say goodbye. So I said, I don't want to know. And after I signed the papers, this is what they said. He's been in the system. He came in the system when he was one year and a half. He was placed with the family at four, and that family adopted him. And that family that adopted him just dropped him in the hospital, and they went to the county and signed off their parents' rights. And I thought, why? Why? I knew he'd call me dad from the moment he entered my house. And I told the social worker, hey, all I need is paperwork for him to go to school. So, two years ago, he became my son, my adopted son. Most people say, man, you, you meant you have a nice kid, that you got to be his dad. And I say, no, he chose me, and forever, 
I'm being grateful for him. God chose me to be his dad. And as you listen to me, you might wonder, how does a guy come from Africa be able to foster 20 kids and in the process of adopting three more? Like, how do you do it? And as I share with you, I want you to, to go back to Bolivia, to the kids I just shared with you that I'm here to represent. That as you hear my story, to go to Bolivia with me and think of the little ones that your pastor said, they want to hear their stories. As a little boy, I grew up in a home where life was miserable in every shape form you could think of. Grew up in a home where no one told me to dream. Grew up in a home where no one told me that there was a future for me. I actually got my name at two years old. Why? Because my mom was afraid that I would not make it at two. So she waited until two, and she called me a gift from God. I grew up in a home where abuse was every day. Just like some kids in Bolivia today. I grew up in a home where I had to go fetch water, just drinking water, two to three hours away. I've been to Bolivia. I've seen those kids go down the mountains to get water. I grew up in a home where I had one clothes from Monday to Saturday and one pair of clothes for Sunday, just like kids in Bolivia today. I never had a pair of shoes until when I was 17 years old. Just like kids in Bolivia today. I never saw any toy, anything that resembled a child. Not one time. My parents could not send me to school because they could not afford $5 to send me to school. Just like children in Bolivia today. At age of four, I began to realize that not only were poor, but I had the most abusive dad you could think of. So for me, on one side, I had poverty that could take my life. On the other side, I had my own dad that could take my life. So for me, had you told me to dream or think about tomorrow, I prefer it didn't get tomorrow because today was harsh that I knew I will repeat it the next day, the next day, the next day. At the age of 10, 11, I thought, look, Rather than die in the hands of my dad, I should just die somewhere else. I had never been 20 miles away. I got on the bus and I went 500 miles away. I didn't know where I was going, but I knew at least die somewhere else. I had never gone that far and I found myself in Kampala, the capital city of Uganda. I had no option, I had one option, to be a street kid. So from there, I became a street kid in, in Kampala. At home, I was told I was garbage and I would never amount to every, anything every day. As a street kid, I was garbage, I was useless every day, every hour. That I lived in the streets for four years, no one ever called me by my name at one point in time. Nobody. I was trash, I was horrible, and as street kids, we learned how to survive. We always have to work so hard to earn something or to steal easily when you're working. We don't beg money or we don't beg for money. Most people don't make a dollar a day. So what do we do? We 
work hard to steal. So one day I was there trying to look for food and I saw this gentleman, he spoke English, he dressed well, so I thought, I got my target right there. And so I went to help so I can steal food from him. But before I could take it, he said, hey, what is your name? For four years, I lived on the streets. He wanted to know my name. Of all street kids, there were more than 2,000 kids on the streets. But he stopped to ask me my name. And before I could take anything, he finally gave me something to eat. I didn't buy it, but he was kind, and so he laughed. The next week, I saw him again. The next week, I saw him again. But the fourth time, I knew what car he drives, where he parks his car, what time he comes. So I knew that day, I've got something to eat. That day, I got this guy who knows my name that would give me something to eat. So he fed me for one year and a half, and then one day he said, hey, if you had two things, or if you had a choice to go to church and go to school, would you? Would you go to school? His word was strange, so you guys are here. So it's like me telling Americans, especially you in the church, say, hey, they're sending people to the moon. Do you want to go? <laughs> do you, do you want to go? As a street kid, that's how I felt. Do I want to go to school? So are the kids in Bolivia today wondering, would I ever, do I even have an opportunity? Do I even matter in life that I can go to school? Today, the kids in Bolivia, is what they're thinking. And I said, absolutely, I would like to go to school. And here's why I said yes. I said yes, so because I wanted food. Look, if I tell you what you wanna hear, I'll get my food. So every time I saw him, I said, hey, you mentioned school, but really I was saying, give me food and leave me alone. And so finally, he took me to school. Here's why I went to school. I said yes, not because I wanted to go to school. I had never been, my family didn't go, so there was no really hope for me to go to school. I said yes, not because I loved to go, no. I said yes, not because I was smart, no. I said yes for one thing. For the first time, he saw me as a human being. I think all my life, or as a kid, I thought, you know, these are human beings and I live below the humanity level. That I was garbage and I believed it. So for him to say, would you like to go to school? It was the first time that someone saw me as a human being. And these tears are more for, for your church as well. That you see the kids in Bolivia today and you want to say, they're humans, they are precious, we love them. And we want to know about their story. That's how I felt as a street kid of some stranger who wanted to take me to school. This stranger, he didn't see a thief, no. He didn't see a smelling teenager, no. He didn't see a useless, garbage young man, no. He saw a kid with potential. And that's why I love your church and your pastor. His love for the poor, 
his love for the most vulnerable, to there for the kids in Bolivia. Puts me back to that man who saw me and saw potential in me and said, I want to give you an opportunity to be who God called you to be. And he took me to school. There were more than, a, as I say, there were more than a thousand, two thousand kids on the street, but he chose one. And that one happened to be me. And as you as a church as well, I know there are so many you could help. There are so many countries you could go to. But this week you said, we want to think about the kids in Bolivia. Just like that man saw me. And as he drove me to school, I wanted to ask him, like, hey, why, of all kids, why me? Why would you choose me? And this is what he said. He said, I just want to be faithful. And for me, that was like, faithful of what? But that's all he said. I just want to be faithful. But along the way, I've come to learn what he meant. Because he was faithful, I was able to go to school, not for one day, but I went to school, and I stayed there, and I stayed there, and I finished school. Not only did I finish school, but I also helped my siblings go to school. Because he was faithful, I came to know the Lord as my savior. Not that he taught me the Bible every day, but his kindness on how he saw me is what compelled me to know about my faith. Because he was faithful. I've only been to school, for sure. I've been to 101 countries. I went to university in Uganda. I went to university in England. And that's how I came to the United States. From the kindness of a stranger who saw me. Because he was faithful, I was able to forgive my dad. Here's what he told me. He told me the life of Joseph. And there's one particular story. He told me, he said, Remember when he met his brothers, and his brothers were scared that he was going to kill them? Remember what he said? For what meant for evil, God made it for good. That he used my worst to change my life. And here's a cool thing as well. Because he was faithful, I'm able to be a foster dad. that I understand the, the trauma, the neglect, the rejection our kids go through, that I'm able to just be a foster dad. Not that I'm good at it, nope. But because someone did that for me, that I'm able to do it for others. So you see why for me, Luke 12, 48 is important to me. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from whom much has been entrusted, much more will be asked. I didn't have a family, he gave me one. I didn't have hope, he gave me hope. And the least I could do was to love his kids. And that's why my foster dad, to do what he did for me. Most people ask me, how do you, how do you, how do you do it? I just revisit my own childhood and then go back to what he did for me, that I do what I can't do for my kids. And so today, that's why I'm here, to share about the kids of Bolivia. And as you sit there to think, how do I, how do I? We Americans, I think, now I'm American, so I can claim to be one, right? 
We like to see, I want to see the results. Where? where I'm going to put in here, but where, where's the, what's coming out? For this man, I don't think he knew I would be a school, that he changed my life. I get to have a child who is doing the same as well, sponsoring and breaking the cycle. The chain of the evil. And he's sponsoring a little boy in Uganda. And I love when he writes to him to say, I love you. And guess what? My dad is from there too. To see the kindness of a stranger, how he's changed lives of so many along the way for just being faithful like your pastor today. I know he can't change all the world, but he said today, this week, this month, this year, it's all about the kids in Bolivia. Child sponsorship is, is making a difference. To provide 38 a month to a child and their community in extreme poverty, to provide the basic necessary needs, and above all, to provide hope for them like that man did for me. Child sponsorship makes a difference, especially now. In the world where most fragile places, devastated with the shock of COVID, is pushing families to deeper and deeper poverty and putting kids at risk that they have no school to go to, they have no place to go to. Most of their parents have lost their jobs. So the reality is today, thousands of children are just waiting to be sponsored. They are looking for someone to say that they matter, like that man did for me. Here's a cool thing. In the last four years, or in the last three years, or two years, I think, World Vision has come up with a cool thing. You guys, your use of going to sponsor kids, you go pick up one, two, three, I need that one, I want that one. No, here's what they thought. They sat down and said, what if we reversed it? What if a child was the one to choose you? What if we reverse that? That they get to be the one to say, I want you to be home. So watch this video. Isn't Peter great? Give him a hand. He just, uh, he's one of those guys you'd write a story about, but that's not real, you know? Because sitting at the table, he's, he's got kids at home, but you've got one just turned five, little girl. But you got two more coming, right? A two-year-old and a four? A two-year-old and a four-year-old. So my grandkids were over at the house, and he was, okay, that's a two-year-old. That's how, what I'm going to be expecting here. It's a, <laughs> that, that he's the real deal, man. I mean, he would have every right to go a whole nother way in life. I don't want you to miss the part. It's because one person chosen. I encourage you to go online. I think, I think it's on YouTube where just type in flipper, flipper father fosters kids or something like that. Foster dad flipper, yeah. Foster, and he's all, I mean, he's been on Good Morning Mary. He's been on every show. He's got his own channel. And it's hilarious to watch him because he'll post a uh, kind of blog that says, me shopping at Costco with all these kids type thing. But it's just not about taking care of kids. He, he does this dog thing where he has these, 
he 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 gets a stuffed animal dog after it kind of looks like his little his little dog that hit. Well, it's not a little dog; it's a big dog, but it's a little little dog that he puts a scarf around because he wanted to figure out a way how his kids could be encouraged. So around their real dog, it has a scarf with positive words of affirmation on the scarf. So he said, well, "How can we do this?" So he he bought a bunch of the big stuffed animal dogs, you know, about this big, put a, the same scarf on it. You are loved. You are important. You're encouraged. And so one of his ministry, he sells one, and he gives another one free to a hospital, to an orphanage, to a foster kid, that they can have that affirmation all the time. And why? Because someone chose him. I don't want you to miss that part of that, guys, that it's because of one person that spent a year plus looking for this kid to carry his groceries, and all of a sudden, hey, if you could go to school, would you go to school? That one person changes a life. And that's why I love this chosen thing, that we, we get to host a chosen party in Bolivia this week. So all the pictures that are downloaded, that are taken out there, they're sent to Bolivia, and all your pictures will be in a tent, put out on the string where the kids who really don't get to choose much in their entire life get to choose who they want to be their sponsor family. And... We chose Bolivia, not we chose Bolivia, and I've said it before, because that's where Kevin Brown was born. He was born in Bolivia, and so, well, why not? Let's go to Bolivia, and we've learned a lot. We were on the phone this week with them, uh, in a Zoom call with two of the two of the gals who run the program there. Learned a lot about everything about this different this area. They've been there. World Vision's been there for eight years, and in our particular area, there are 566 kids that need to be sponsored. So I told them, we take care of that today. You with it? You with me? 566? So let's divide how many, how many kids each one. No, that's how many kids are there that need sponsorships. And this talks about water, clean water, which in all the places we've been, even when we started in Africa, I still remember we traveled three hours in four-wheel drive to, in Osutu to get to this well where the chief of that area told us ever since we've dug this well, our kids don't have gastrointestinal issues. Their scalps are clean, their skins are clean because they have clean water. And even in Nicaragua, when we saw the, the wells being dug there, this is life-changing when you can provide water. It gives them health, it gives them livelihoods, it gives them education. They get to hear about Jesus Christ and why, much like with Peter. You know, the first thing the guy did, you know, when he picked him out, says, do you want to know Jesus as Christ as your Lord and Savior? I'm sure he could have started there, but he said, hey, do you want to go to school? Actually, he didn't start there. He said, here's something to eat. Which, do I trust this guy? How can I trust this guy? And so part of this, of going into this area, is that we can meet a real need in the community, much like we did Lesotho. I can't, we can't change the world, but we can change one little dot. And that's what we get to do today, where a kid who has no choices in life gets to pick one of us. 
And my hope is, is that as you look at this, and as we've talked about this, those I think we had 100, almost 150 people go through the Matthew 25 challenge, of thinking how can just one person make a difference in another life. I mean, how, how old is your son? 17? Your son right now, Peter? Eight, 18. No, the one you adopted is 18 now? Okay. He's already adopted two kids. I, I, I said, wow. I wasn't adopting kids at that age. Holy moly. I mean, that, that, how awesome is that? And just to be able to say, man, I can make a difference in one kid. And I said a couple of weeks ago, and it wasn't meant for bragging, guys, my wife and I are in this. My kids are in this. We've, we've been seeing, doing kids ever since we were married. I was doing kids before, before we even got married. And we have nine kids, and we're going to get number 10 today. Because why? It's just... I believe in what they're doing. I've been on the ground. I've been to Lesotho three times. I've been to Lebanon. I've seen them in action. And they do make a difference. And so this is how we're going to do this. You can go on your phones, our lovely phones, and you can text this number, 56170. Now, you can do it this way. You can, If you have a photo on your phone, like you guys watching online, you can text this number. Uh, that's, that's, and, and, and can't text, you know, invite people, text 56170, then Lodi Galt, Horizon Online, sign, you can do it either in Lodi, because we have a booth set up in Lodi, we're here joining us with Family Life, Christian Church, and ourselves, so we got photo booths in the youth room right out the doors there that you can take your photo, or you can download a photo by texting on that number, and what happens, you, become to, you get into the system, and that photo then will be uploaded in two places. It's going to be uploaded in Bolivia, in the area that we'll be working in, and then it's going to be uploaded also at the same time, Horizon Chosen Facebook page. And so you will be able to see all the people in Horizon say, hey, I want someone to choose me. And so it'll be located there. And so that's part of the, that we just, you can join the group on the Facebook called Horizon Chosen. Next Sunday will be the big reveal. And what will happen is, is that this week, those kids will have a huge party. They'll go into a tent with, with, one of the, with one of the teachers there, and they will see all your pictures, and they'll get to choose who they want to be sponsored. It was, you know, as Chad said last week, some are choosing you because they, look at, they're smiling. I want to be a part of a happy family. Or I wanted, there was a single person. I just want to be the only person in this person's life. I want them to focus in on me. What a great opportunity it is that I can make a difference in the life of another. And so what will happen next week, we're going to have envelopes with your name on it and the kid's picture inside of it. And so at the end of the service, uh, Pastor Rick will be bringing the word. And at the end of that service, we'll be able to go up pull our name off the wall and see who chose us. And what's really cool, this is all going to be added up. In, I mean, it'll be on your Facebook. You can keep contact uh, online um, on the app and things, which is awesome, um, and actually begin to be involved in that child's life. You know, when Chad asked me, hey, Tim, do you have a number of how many kids that you want to get sponsored? I, and I don't. No number has come to me other than 566. Um, how awesome would that be? But 
I know how generous we are. And that's $39 a month that you're choosing to do that. So obviously, especially in times that you know, our budgets are tightened and our grocery budgets are getting bigger and our, and our gas, gas budget's getting bigger uh, with everything that's going on, how can I make a sacrifice for $39 a month to make a difference in being chosen by a kid? But I can make a difference in that kid's life, just like someone who chose Peter. Uh, I'm going to invite Peter up. He, he's the cleanup hitter here in case I missed anything, Mr. Peter. Um, he's, again, follow him on YouTube. He's got an Instagram too, right? You got 10 billion followers or something like that? Yeah. Um, but follow his story. Because I told him, I've been watching you online, and his eyes are going, what? Uh, it's fun to watch someone who's really in the game. He's just not talking about it. Plus, he just signed a book deal. He's got a book coming out. What's the name of the book? Now I'm Known. Now I'm Known. That's the name of your charity, too, right? Correct. Now I'm Known with a little fuzzy dog thing. I told him, if he had brought a case of those dogs, they'd all been gone. You guys would have bought every one of them. <coughs> so next time, bring the dogs. Okay. So anything I missed? Uh, no, you didn't know miss anything, you know. But what I would say is... So he came every Tuesday. He came every Tuesday or Monday. So you can think about the whole week. I was just waiting, waiting, waiting for him to uh, to come. And I know the kids in Bolivia too. They've been registered. They know something is happening. So they've been praying and waiting and waiting to choose someone. And here's for me the difference is, as I shared with you, my two kids chose me to be a dad, so I can abuse them the way I want. I mean, you chose me as dad. <laughs> Not really, you know. But it's humbling when a child chooses you. That's, I think, for me, the humbling and the unique biblical way that a child gets to choose you in life. As I said, I never had to choose one meal ever. But you get to choose who can matter and help you in your life. And you given that power as a kid. So you can just think of what that changes the life of a child, that they get to be the one to choose who their sponsor is, and take that sponsor home and say, he's our new family. And so it's really cool and unique in, 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 in the most humble way that you bring hope, but also that you break the cycle uh, of what, uh, you're gonna change the world. My, my dad changed his life, why? Because every time he sees me, he says, your dad has taught me what a father ought to be. He calls my sponsor, my dad. I didn't know how to be a dad, but your sponsor, told me how to. And with these kids as well, you don't look like you're different, but somehow to take that picture at home and the mom and the dad to say, you're my little girl, you're special because you brought someone who's going to change your life forever. Now you can pray for Peter. I mean, he says he, you need to pray for him for two, two, two ways. Chad and I had a third one. But the first two that he said was, one, a bigger house. So he can have more kids. Yes. That's amazing. He's got a four-bedroom house. He lives in North Carolina. Uh, and no accent yet. You haven't, you haven't picked up any no. walls or anything like that? No accent. Whoa. No, I haven't tried yet. <laughs> <laughs> and a van to haul these kids because he doesn't have a vehicle that will haul all seven kids right now. So he needs an eight-person van. We'll work on that. Uh, and, and, and Chad and I added a wife. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> So you can text me at 209 with a picture. 
So closes out. We're going to shoot you out the hallway in there to take your picture. So, again, you can text us if you have a picture on your phone that you want to use, or we have two stations out there with plenty of people to help you do it. Uh, right. And remember, they're choosing you on Wednesday. So think about it. They've been waiting. So on Wednesday is party day, and it's party day for your church. Here's the cool thing. We would have taken him to be part of the party, but because of the travel restrictions, He's not able to go, but maybe later in the year, he'll be able to represent you. So on Wednesday, they are going to be waiting to choose you. And then on, Mon on Sunday, you get to know who chose you. We'll pray us out here. Thank you. Uh, can, I, can I pray in my language? Oh, I'm so late. got seven of them, so it's like you're speaking in tongues and we don't want to Katonda wafe, tuksimanyo, otwagalanyo. Tuxima biot called de Kubana Kuchachia fe netim nabanobonam took saban to obey na fe obawamani noxobonabonam. Lord, we thank you for today. We don't deserve to be here today, but you've given us faith and breath to be here today. So Lord, as we go out to make a difference, Lord, may you be with us, may you guide us, may you help us to know your kids, to know your family. And Lord, thank you for giving us an opportunity to hear the ones that you love the most. So as we go home, Lord, bless us, guide us, and teach us how to follow you every day in every way. Amen.